Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Here we go with another scrappy episode of really, what do you need to do? But back by popular demand is my executive director and general all-around fun cohort, Ashley LeBlanc. Hello, hello. I like that title. I'm going to, I think, get an official title change. I really enjoy that. So see if your boss will approve a new business card. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Okay, so we have been chatting about just how tired we are of COVID messaging. Anyone else? Anyone else tired of COVID marketing and COVID messaging? (laughs) Yeah, both my hands are raised. You can't see that right now, but they are. (laughs) Okay, tell everybody about the email that you received from a company that you bought socks from. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, this this is the thing. It's like companies you haven't heard from in years. Maybe you made a single purchase in 2011 and all of a sudden they're like, we're in, we're all in this together. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, did we have internet then? Like, yeah. Like, how do you have my email address? It's not like, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's uncanny how many messages we received. And also then there's the other side of them the ones I've received that are just so tone deaf. Oh my gosh. Like people like sending me, you know, sales solicitations of now more than ever, you need to know, you know, where your company is going, you know, click here for a 30 minute presentation of, you know, and then sales, 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 sales. I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. Yeah. I don't even know you. And like you just said, it's so incredibly tone deaf because No one needs to feel that additional pressure right now. Everyone is feeling it already. People are making layoffs. People are getting laid off. Family dynamics are changing. Mm -hmm. The last thing that you want is someone in your inbox telling you, here's exactly what you should be doing that you don't even know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to that concept you just put in there about pressure. But here's a couple phrases I don't ever want to hear again. (laughs) (laughs) In these uncertain times. Oh, yep. Nope. (laughs) And um, how about due to unprecedented events? Or, or, oh, here's another one I hadn't thought of before. Um, uh, This situation is in flux. (laughs) (laughs) is it now now? uncharted waters do you like my voice that i'm using for all of these but one word that keeps emerging uh and i just i I, i'm not sick of it for sure but it's interesting how much it's come up is the word pivot Mm, yeah i feel like i have seen that everywhere yeah, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I want to come back to your your mention about pressure. And we have a saying at Little Bird Marketing that is, do not put pressure on people, put pressure on systems. Mm. And in these unprecedented times, <laughs> there's so much pressure on people. And we really want to give you a couple of ideas about how you can take some pressure off your team right now and really begin to put pressure on systems and also tee yourself up to be able to put more pressure on systems going forward. So when you hit the next bump, which I hope it's not another pandemic, but, uh, you know, we all are going to face them in business. It's inevitable. It it really is. You know, and and to sit around and and wait for it is not a good play. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to have a major client loss or we're going to have a major key employee loss or, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you just don't know what's coming. And so putting systems in place that really are a method um, 
is really going to help people stay the course and not fall prey to some of these um, panic <laughs> moves yeah. in business. And um, and frankly, you know, it's already hard enough. Your marketing yeah. plan should not be making things harder for you right now. Oh, yeah, that man, that statement is so true. And I'll say from an employee standpoint too, to know that the company that you are being loyal to, that you're putting in hours at, that they have a plan in place, there's a lot of comfort in that. And if, you know, uh, bosses are looking to give their employees anything right now, it's, it's comfort, it's that security. And I think a legitimate strategy, a legitimate plan, even if that's your marketing plan, can be extremely helpful for your staff. Oh, Ash, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> we're doing a good job. Let's get, let's get real. <laughs> we're, we're doing good. But you know what? It's funny, uh, you know, in that sense, we are doing great. But that's because we do have a lot of systems to fall back on. And we're here to give people systems and frameworks and, and really to ask some of the hard questions, um, you know, so that they also can realize some of that benefit. And people see us, I'll, I'll use as a, a perfect example, people see us out at conference all the time and are like, oh my gosh, you guys are everywhere. You have so much energy. You're doing so many things. And that's true. But we can really be there and be engaged and be present because we have systems to back us up. Right, right. We're not doing anything as a one-off. And we have a plan that started months before that event. And those are the things that people are really craving. So let's talk about some of those things today. Yeah, I think that's great. Let's jump in. We've made a little list that we're calling the the fundamentals of having a successful marketing plan. Um, so we've come up with a, a short list of five. We're going to run through them and hopefully just give you some, some insight, give you some direction. Um, and Priscilla and I are going to kind of bounce off of each other. So Priscilla, I'll let you go ahead and start with our first um, our, our first fundamental. Yeah, it's really simple. And I love the idea of it being a fundamental because the word that I mentioned, pivot, that keeps coming up mm-hmm. is kind of, of what they would call like a fundamental of basketball, right? I'm not a big sports right. person, but I'm going to go with it here. <laughs> That's right. But this word pivot keeps coming up. And I like to remind people, if you really look at the definition of pivot, it is that you stay play- in place, that there's some pinning you down, that there is a center point, a central point, and you just make a, an adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what's happening right now is that people aren't making an adjustment. They're flailing all over the place because they don't have that center pin. They right. don't have that foundation. So let's start with the most dumb basic, the SMART goal. <laughs> You know, it's so painful to bring it up, and I'm not going to go into it. We're going to move really on very quickly because it's one of those things that everybody knows they should have, and yet about 99% of business owners don't have it. Mm-hmm. And even if you're listening and you're a salesperson and you don't have your own SMART goals, then, you know, come on, help yourself out, get really specific. And you can go look up, I'm not going to go into it in this episode, go look up SMART goals and really get a great walk through it. We also have resources on littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. But Ashley, I like to liken this to the concept of weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, humans do a million and two things about weight loss when it is very simple. Eat less, move more. <laughs> Right. So we all know that's what we should be doing, but are we actually doing it? 
No, and you know it, it, it is frustrating, but you have to understand it is a it is a framework that has lasted the test of time, you know, for a reason. So go back and think through smart goals. We're going to talk later about KPIs and things like that, but you can really set good smart goals around KPIs. And one of our resources on our page does talk about that. There is an actual smart goal, you know, download and a worksheet you can get that is specific to KPI. So if that helps you, great, then go do that. So let's move into the second thing, which is really our favorite thing to talk about. Absolutely the thing that we are known for. It's in our blood. It's, you know, in everything that we speak. It's in underpinning every conversation that we have about marketing. And that is truly, truly great persona work. Ashley. What do yeah. you have to say? <laughs> now, now this is a, a loaded topic and yeah. I'll keep it I'll keep it relatively brief, but if you're if you don't have buyer personas, now is the time to do them. And if you have buyer personas, I would say go back and revisit them. Um Everyone, I, I'm sure everyone's pretty familiar with the topic of buyer personas, but this is a semi-fictional character of your most ideal client and fleshing out the their struggles, um, what their life looks like, where they're spending their time. It really helps you tailor your marketing message to answer their most um, persisting problems and needs and if that isn't uh, just like the perfect statement for what we're dealing with right now, it's like, of course, like we don't want tone deaf, tone deaf messaging. So how do we fix that? We make sure that we're writing blogs, we're doing podcast episodes, we're writing social media posts that are really addressing what our most ideal client is going through right now. Mm -hmm. We don't want to put out, I'm not going to waste my time putting out messaging that isn't going to be helpful to the person on the other end. Right. So here's an interesting example. So if you do know your persona really well, the key is to put it in front of you when you're writing, when you're talking, when you're sending an email, when you're picking up the phone. I don't care when it is. Have it in front of you. And the biggest problem is that companies silo this stuff. So yeah. somebody in the back office of a marketing department did the personas and maybe the CEO came in that day and you did it and then they filed it in the drawer. And <laughs> nobody in the company has access to it. So make sure this gets out. But here's a perfect example. Let's say that you are a a marriage and family counseling, um, you know, uh, practice. So you can go out to social, and that's a tiny short format, or you can go to a long format and blog, but it doesn't matter long or short. You can go out and start writing and say, we offer marriage counseling, um, divorce mitigation, you know, and I'm going to go through my features and benefits, right? 30-minute sessions, one-hour session, interesting platform, you know, whatever. To, right. we'll, you know, we'll do it virtually. We'll do it whatever. <laughs> I know these are all features and benefits. So, Or you could write the post that says something like, are you sick and tired of lying next to someone in a bed and yet feeling a world away? Mm. that is really amazing persona work, right? right. You're tapping well, into that, them. Yeah, that pain point. Absolutely, absolutely. So we can't stress it enough. Again, we have a full page on our website that walks you through this completely free. 
it literally is the longest page. <laughs> yeah. It'll explain everything to you, and then you can actually follow along and do um, one of your own, you know, you can workshop it. Um, so we really try and give it to you out there to get it done because we cannot tell you how much it makes a major difference, major yeah. difference. And I'll say, even if you do have personas, like I mentioned earlier, this is the perfect time to go back and visit them. And that perfect persona guide that Priscilla was just mentioning, it actually has a list of questions that you you and your team can ask yourself about your persona. So even if you have your persona formatted, I suggest go look at that list of questions and maybe spend 30 minutes just asking yourself, okay, what does my persona think about this? Or how do they feel about this situation? Because I think it's going to give you a lot of clarity um, in terms of, of what your messaging and what your content plan, which is our, our next point, should should be, what it should be targeted to. Right. I love that. And just my own personal favorite question in our persona work is always, I know you, you're going to know what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. but it's, what is keeping them up at night? Right. Such an important question to ask about people who are willing and ready to buy from you and who could be nudged to buy from you. What is really causing them to lose sleep? Because you tap into that. And if you genuinely have something that can help that, then the sale is inevitable. And you can stop putting pressure on yourself or writing these, you know, sales messages. (laughs) And instead, you can put pressure on the system which is the persona system to tap into it just naturally and organically. And people can see and sense that a mile away. Right. All right. Let's dive into content plan. Let's say, let's say we have smart goals. Let's say we did our personas. (laughs) What should we do with this, Ashley? (laughs) Yeah. Now this is like, this is the meat. I think when people hear the word uh, marketing strategy or marketing plan, they're thinking of a content plan, but really the content plan is nothing if you don't have those goals and if you don't have that persona work done. So this order is strategic. You can't do number three, the content plan before you have the other two. You have to do it in this order. So your content plan is really, this is, like I said, this is the meat. This is everything from your keyword strategy to your your blogs, your emails, um, maybe the original research pieces that you do. Um, this is everything. This is the bulk of the information that you are putting out there into the digital world um, that is answering those questions that your ideal client is asking. I love that because, you know, if you kind of go back to smart goals and you say, well, my goal is to publish three blogs a month. Okay, that's not a smart goal. <laughs> because <laughs> that, yeah, you can, I can go and quantify and say, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be specific and it's going to be time bound. But, you know, in terms of measuring what you're trying to measure, unless you're actually looking at keyword strategy and looking at, you know, your actual strategy in, in terms of the persona, then none of this is going to matter. So maybe it'd be better like saying, I'm going to write three very strong keyworded and very strategy-driven blogs per month that are going to nurture my most ideal client through uh, their path to purchase. Now that would be a great smart goal. (laughs) I think that's perfect. And we've said this before, but blogging for the sake of blogging is not helpful. It's not helpful 
to your company. It's not helpful to your ideal clients because what you get is words on a page. If those words are not strategy strategy driven, they're not helping your SEO, your rank, your authority, and they're not helping answer any of your most ideals uh, your most ideal clients questions. Right. So right. really not helpful to anyone. No. And people fail to understand where it is they're putting this content. It's on Google. So could we just like stop thinking about marketing for a minute and just back up and say, how does the world work? Yeah. The world that is, you know, driven by Google, let's just admit it. <laughs> so, you know, we want clients to come to us. Okay. It's a business. We want clients to come, but how, what is the modern mechanism by which they come? They come through search engines. Yes. If they hear your name and they know little bird marketing, of course, they're going to type in little bird marketing, but let's say they only know that they need an annual content marketing plan. Well, good God, I hope that I have enough on my website where I would rank for annual marketing content plan. So, you know, this, what we want to do with our blogging and with our content efforts is to attract people who we don't know. They're anonymous to us. And they also don't know us. We're anonymous to them. And that is, you know, really what is happening in organic search. We want people to find us. And so if you're blogging about this pet idea and that pet idea and these thoughts about this and these thoughts over here, and you're not really honing in on a certain topic cluster and your true expertise that you have to offer, then Google does not understand what your site is about no matter how much you blog. Yeah. That's so true. And I think, you know, it's it's different. Email is not related to to Google, but if you ever feel like people are ignoring your emails, it's probably because they they are. They're actually ignoring <laughs> your emails. Um so the piece of advice that I want to give here is before you send that next marketing email, pause and ask yourself, is this actually helpful? Right. Is this going to help someone? Or am I just purely selling? Right. And like you said, the goal is to bring business in. But we've all got those salesy emails. And do we ever actually read them? No, we ignore them. And most <laughs> of the time we unsubscribe. So Our brains are very well trained on that. And I think the other thing is sometimes when I see people hit it out of the park where they do do something interesting, the next piece that they fail to do is actually make it clear what the next step is. And so mm. you're like, oh, wow, I just read. Oh, finally, I got a great email. And uh, end of transmission. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what? I like, how would I engage with this person? And sometimes we fail to ask for the business. And I think that does come back to the fact that I think we're hiding behind, you know, salesy language. And it is number one, a turnoff. But then number two, we don't ever really ask for the business. And that's a shame because that's really what we're out there doing. And we shouldn't be embarrassed about it. But we should do it in a way that is very uh, genuine and that is very helpful. Yeah. And you know what, in our show notes, I'm going to link um, a a blog that we wrote about topic clusters, because I think that the the topic of topic clusters or the idea of topic clusters, this is the thread that really runs through your entire content plan. So it's what links together your blogs, your gated resources, your emails, if you have pillar pages, if you have um, social promotion, your your topic cluster kind of creates a web um, around these topics that you want to be known for. So that way it takes the guesswork out of, okay, well, I want to 
send this email, what is the next step? Mm -hmm. Well, if you have a topic cluster, it's so easy to look at your topic cluster and say, okay, well, I'm going to send this email. What would I want the next step to be? Is it to read a blog on the same topic or kind of nurture them along in what the next piece of the puzzle would be? Or is it to download a resource from our website? Is it to... um, Is it to read the full pillar page on the topic of buyer personas? What is that next step? But when you have it all linked together in your beautiful topic cluster web, um, it takes that guesswork out and it makes it so easy to be strategic in your lead nurturing. Oh, okay. I love what you said so much. Okay. So let me just like jump on the bandwagon. What that is doing is yes, it's effective for your company, but it's also being kind to your viewer because they're Mm -hmm. having a very organic um, and self-driven natural experience with your content. And that makes people comfortable and people buy from people who make them comfortable. Right? Mm. And so, you know, this is interesting because it was just, uh, um, we just sent out a, um, an email that highlighted a case study that we have. And I got to say, we don't do case studies very often, but this was so great. It was how we actually brought Think Now Research um, past the four minute on a website mark. That is a major KPI for those of you who don't really follow Google Analytics, to have a visitor come in anonymously and stay over four minutes on your content is ridiculously amazing. And so we broke it down. How did we achieve this? And how did we achieve this with the client who's an amazing client? And it was so cool to see it. But the reality is that it's by in the basis being kind to your viewer and doing the things that make sense to them, not being chaotic and not throwing them off of their thread that they came out to learn about or read about or just, you know, they they got curious in some way. So we want to acknowledge that. And that's about really good um, user-centric content planning. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's so true because here's the thing, like, I'm in marketing and I am very sensitive to marketing materials (laughs) because of what I do, but I do not mind promotional and sales materials if they are helpful to me, right? A, a well-placed ad or, hey, you should do this next or click this link. I don't mind that. If it is going to help me solve my problem or answer a question, right. I will click your link. I will click your ad any day, but it has to be helpful. Oh, totally. I totally agree. Can we take a little tangent in that we weren't planning on doing about uh, workflows and actually about sequences in selling? Oh, yeah. Okay. We, Ashley and I are so excited. We were working over the last uh, 30 days on a sequence. And um, it's just been so amazing because we've, we've been able to go back and forth, ask ourselves, but if you receive this email, what would you want to do next? And what, what makes sense? And how many days until you get this? And obviously, our team is deep in HubSpot and we're HubSpot certified and we believe in it. But these are really cool dreams about very detailed workflows and sequences of events that happen to people so that it can stay natural. And, you know, when people say, well, I don't want to be salesy. Okay, well, then don't be salesy. Mm-hmm. Then create a sequence that's beautiful and that is helpful and that is, you know, yeah. is is making someone feel comfortable. But I've got to say, the one thing I why I wanted to go down this this rabbit hole just for a minute is that a lot of people say, yeah, 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 that that's what I want. I want that con- that marketing plan. You can't have that marketing plan until you do all the fundamentals. Mm, yeah. Because it takes years to nurture and create a great list of people who are really, truly 
only your most ideal clients who fit in this sequence. Otherwise, the sequence, again, just like blogging could be just for blogging and sequencing could just be for sequencing. It takes time to really cultivate your audience so that then a sequence or a workflow really, you know, delivers. Yeah, it really does the true job instead of just running people through the motions. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I hate a lot of times. It's like there's so many marketing actions and efforts that are being done out there are that are just being done to tick a box. Well, mm-hmm. we have a blog. We have a blog. Okay, well, we, we get on LinkedIn. Well, we have social media. You know, it's just like, but do you? <laughs> right, right. And we we have a strategic, strategic plan that we put in place every year. But to be honest, you have to remain flexible in that right. too. Do you know how many times we've scrapped blogs or emails mm-hmm. or social posts or campaign ideas because we got to the point in time and we realized, you know what? We were wrong. This is not what our ideal client needs to hear at this point in time. And I know we promised we weren't going to go down the whole COVID pandemic um, thing, <laughs> but it's like if you have not stopped and rethought any part of your marketing strategy when this hit, right. uh, that's, that's a red flag. But see, if you didn't have the fundamentals, then you couldn't just go and do a quick check. Like we went through every single one of our clients, which is a freaking long list. And we had all the team leads go through each client and say, look at every post, look at every article. And just if it's if it sounds remotely tone deaf to what's going on, hit the pause button on it. We don't right. lose it. We don't, you know, we're not um, flailing about, you know, we can just very quickly hit a bunch of pauses. But see, people say, well, we want to be flexible. And that's why we don't want to put a, a plan in. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to put a plan in in order yeah. to be flexible. Because right. if you want to flex in one area, your fundamentals better be seeing you through. Mm. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so people want to go, oh, well, you know, we don't want to get locked into this, Priscilla, because, because, you know, it has to stay fresh. And it's like, okay, if you look at like the pillars of what we do in marketing from non, non-campaign non driven social media to blogging, which we absolutely try and do completely evergreen, you know, to the emails, to the actual, what we would call the lead magnets or um, the lead generators, the downloadables, whatever you want to call it. Um, really the only one in there that absolutely has to be evergreen is the email. Mm. But you could get three out of four done for you so that you could put extra flex and extra time and extra, you know, uh, uh, critical thinking around the the timely piece, Mm -hmm. which will deliver for your brand even more beautifully. Right. But you can't in that moment, especially in a pandemic, go and evaluate all four things and be like, right. oh, what are we going to put on, uh, you know, LinkedIn this morning? Oh, my God. It, you know, it's yeah. been almost a decade since I've thought that. Like, what yeah. are we going to post today? If, if you are saying, what are we going to post today? You need to go back to the top of this list and start at the beginning. Yeah. And that's that's something people don't even do when things are quote unquote normal, let alone in a pandemic. I'm not I don't want to come into work when I'm trying to balance all of these other things and think, what am I going to put out on social media today? Or what what kind of blog do I want to write this month? I want that to be worked out. And I want that to be worked out for my staff, too. I don't want them and, and for our clients. They should never have to question. Well, 
what is the strategy this month? <laughs> what exactly do you guys do? If, yeah. if your clients ever said that, you've got problems. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go really brief. You've kind of teed me up nicely into the fourth thing we wanted to talk about, about competitor and content gap analysis. And this mm-hmm. is a huge topic. Um, you know, we don't want to completely throw you off on this because you can pay a very high-priced person to do a very specific uh, competitor analysis. And it really depends where you're coming company is on the scaling level, how much you should be paying for this, or if it should just be a small thought or piece of the process in your campaign strategy. So we've got just the full gamut. Um, obviously, you know, I love Kristen Luck and Scalehouse Consulting. If, if you're looking for a really in-depth gap, the na- gap analysis or competitor analysis, they're actually, you know, fantastic at this, especially if you're in the market research um, area. But you you can go out and pay a lot for it. But I don't care what you do to get it. It needs to be done on some level. And just looking at your competitors, so that's the first thing. And looking at your top competitors, not because you're going to mimic them. <laughs> yeah. We want to look at them because we need to know what they're doing um, so that we know where is there a gap. Like where are they not playing well that we might be able to jump in and really take over? For example, if their leadership team is not on social media, oh my gosh, we want to get our leadership team on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying we wouldn't want to get our leadership team on it, but then if they were, then we would change that. That uh, The next question was, well, what are they doing on social media? And we just keep asking the questions until we drill down and find what our opportunities are. So we want to see how they're ranking for industry keywords. We want to know if they're out there doing webinars. We want to know if they're, you know, consistently blogging. We want to know if they're actually going to shows. Um, You know, just everything that you can very easily find out about them in public is the low side of it, right? Right. Then you move into things like HubSpot, which HubSpot allows you to actually put in your competitors and look at their Moz score, their Alexa rank, their marketing scores. I mean, like we can really get amazing detail to see how they are working digitally. So that's the kind of next step. And then, of course, you scale up, you get a consultant who will bring in a massive report for you. My only thing I say is if you're going to pay for a massive report, you better be ready to integrate those findings into what you do. Do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last piece of that is just the content gap analysis. And so I won't go too far into this, but there are, you know, keyword ranking opportunities. There's SEO gaps in the industry that you, you know, you really need to find out what they are. And I'm not going to give you away a secret because we just work with a client on one. And one of the fundamentals, like one of the core pieces of business that they do, I was shocked to find that nobody in the industry is ranking for it. It's almost like it was too obvious of a word. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not going to rank for content marketing, okay? I I know it. I'm over it. (laughs) You know, I can't earn that piece. But what are the other areas that I can really earn a voice and where what what can I be famous for? What can I be known for? And mm. that's what we're looking for in content gap analysis. Can we really hone in on something that's going to give us traction in ranking so people can find us? And obviously, it has to be your expertise, <laughs> you know, um, but that is really going to help put your content plan in alignment with actual results. Right. 
Ooh, let's talk about results. Ooh, and yeah. how you <laughs> Go for uh, it. We're teeing me up on this. Yeah. Um, so our last point, our last fundamental is um, in, in your marketing strategy, you need to have defined marketing metrics and KPIs. And for my insights, people out there, this is where you thrive because you know, really in any industry, but especially in digital marketing, data is how we track progress and it's how we make informed decisions. Um, and if you aren't using your data to do either of those things, then it's probably time that you start. Um, so you want to make sure that you have a clear list of the metrics that you are using to really measure your success and your KPIs, your key performance indicators that are um, your indicators of you making progress towards your particular goals. So your KPIs should directly align with your SMART goals. Um, those should work hand in hand because your KPIs are really, um, those are kind of your mile markers towards reaching your SMART goals. Mm -hmm. um, and then your metrics would be those quantifiable measures that you want to use uh, to gauge your performance or your progress. So I'm going to give you just some basics that we do without even asking. We don't even flinch. We don't ask a client when we set them up. These are the things that we know we're going to track for them, period. Mm -hmm. We're going to track on Google. We're going to track the number of sessions. We're going to track them, you know, in a sub uh, category of how much is direct traffic, meaning people knew your name and came to you with an actual right. URL, or how much of that is organic. To me, that is the gold standard. Is your content, since we are talking about a content marketing <laughs> annual plan <laughs> and strategy, uh, is your content actually making you relevant to searchers who do not know you? Mm. And so we really look at the organic traffic rank as the gold standard. If you are doing good content, you should be growing in that in a very steady number. Also, we mentioned already time on page. That's something that we really love to look at. Are we engaging people? Yeah, I get that they come here, but I don't want them to come and bounce. I want them to come and stay and find our brand to be meaningful. That's really how they vote for you, right? Mm -hmm. And then in HubSpot, we're going to look at things like, well, how many new leads have we con um, delivered for you know the month, the quarter, however often you're going to look at it. And I guess that other question for you is, how many leads does your team need? for mm -hmm. the month, for the quarter, for the whatever. Right. <laughs> so, and it, part of part and parcel of what's going on in HubSpot or any kind of marketing automation platform is that we're looking at how is the content delivery, meaning how many people are looking at the blog and then maybe going to an actual landing page, like would it be a, some kind of a call to action? And how many of them have been saying, yeah, still looks good. Thumbs up. Here's my information. Contact me. That is just, you know, the easiest thing to be tracking when you're on some kind of a platform. And so we need to be looking at that, also looking at like an email open rate, mm -hmm. um, you know, how many people are actually, you know, clicking through. And we can also provide some industry averages for people so they know how am I really ranking. And, um, you know, there, there are a lot of companies out there who provide that industry average that is a great third party way to look at things. That's where we can start with KPIs. Um, right. Obviously, if we're going on and on, you know, with other things that we're doing, if we're adding Google ads or anything like that, you know, to an actual plan, then obviously we, we don't want to be looking at things like impressions and click through rates. And we're really trying to find out what's the conversion, you know, what's the cost for acquisition for each customer and what's the conversion rate we're experiencing and how can we make it better? And all of those different KPIs in themselves are not the end all be all, but they are the things that give us clues to what's working, 
and what's not working. Yeah. And that is, I just want to kind of wrap up this whole topic of, of KPIs and metrics with this statement. Um, I know Shakira said it best when she said hips don't lie, but I'm going <laughs> to counter that with numbers don't lie. It's actually the opposite. What they do, what the numbers do. And I think this is something you say all the time, Priscilla, is the numbers uncover the truth. And that's what your KPIs and your metrics should be doing. It's not tracking numbers for the sake of tracking numbers. KPIs and are and metrics are valuable because of the actions that they inspire. What are your next steps that you're going to take based off of the numbers that you saw? Right. So yeah. So don't don't track numbers for the sake of numbers, which I know can be it can be tempting um, because it's easy. It's the easy thing. Oh, I'm going to check my Google analytics every day, but (laughs) is that helpful? Yeah. And start, you start tracking them and making them a benchmark, but at some point you, you, you've got to be understanding what's going on there. So that tees me up for, that's what you need to be doing next. So I guess our question to you is what do you need to be doing next? And I guess my most favorite question, what's keeping you up at night? Mm. You know, what is it that you're looking for that would be most helpful to you right now in these unprecedented times? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But of course, we have tons of freebies on our site. We're not even weird about it. You'll get an email from us and saying, oh, here's the thing that you downloaded. And until someone raises their hand and says, yes, call me, we don't call you. So (laughs) take what you want from there. Um, There's a lot of stuff that's on the persona work, like we mentioned. Um, And then also, well, you can just check out the resources and see what you want there. We also, you know, we just understand that some companies that are more at a place of DIY, we're not here to do the DIY and walk alongside someone. You can go do that for free with our stuff. When you DIY, and you're ready to get some help, then we would love to help. And you can certainly schedule an appointment to talk with us about our SOAR system, which is S-O-A-R. It is strategic, it is organized, it is held accountable, and then it is repeatable. And you can hear exactly, you know, our way of thinking and our method and why it is we feel it's so important to put a system in place so that the people on your team are not feeling the pressure. Let's put the mm-hmm. pressure on the systems. And I will say one small thing. Um, I know that, you know, marketing teams are changing right now. And, or as we like to say, they're in flux, right? Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to say any of those I'm things. I'm triggered. <laughs> um, let's go back to Shakira. That was more fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes people go through these these uh, phases, and this is, has nothing to do really with the pandemic. It's been happening, you know, in, in other times. People outsource their marketing, then they insource it, then they outsource it, then they insource it. But, you know, the reality is that when you outsource it, you do get to pay for only what you need. Um, but I know that there's trade-offs, and we're not for everybody. But if you are ready and you're kind of wondering what does it look like to actually outsource your marketing and partner with someone, of course, we would love to talk with you. You know, we are not a um, not-for-profit entity, so we are a business, and we're not ashamed of it. And we do help a lot of a uh, lot of companies, and we enjoy the work that we do. So we would love to hear from you. Right. Anything else, Ashley? I don't think so. I think that is, we tried to make that as quick and and painless as possible. (laughs) Um, Hopefully we gave you five points that you can share with your team or really start implementing today. If you've heard us talk at all, you know that that's that's our whole plan. We don't want to give you these big lofty ideas. We want to give you 
tactical tips that you can implement right now. So I hope that's what this episode did for you. Um, and yeah, if, like Priscilla said, if you want to talk about what really that next step looks like for your company, reach out. Awesome. You know, Ashley, every time I put an episode out with you, everybody says, can we have some more Ashley? <laughs> Let's come back and do it again. But from yes. all the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.